Do you use math and literacy centers in your classroom? Do you have a system for your centers that has a nice, clear flow? Now, math and literacy centers are one of the best ways that you can reach as many of your students as possible right where they are academically. However, if you don't have a good setup, it can be disaster. And while there are so many reasons that you should be using learning centers, like the five reasons that I shared last week, your setup is essential. So this week, we are going to be diving in to three reasons that your math and literacy centers are probably chaos and how you can fix it. On to the episode. Welcome to the Teaching Made Easy podcast, where it's all about simple systems that actually work so you can finally teach and give your students bigger impact in their learning. Teaching is hard, y'all, but what if I told you that sometimes we make it harder than it has to be? I'm Farah, CEO of Farah Henley Education and host of the Teaching Made Easy podcast. I've been an educator for almost 25 years, and to say I've seen a thing or two is an understatement. I know how much you pour your heart and soul into your students and your classroom, and I want to help you find some simple ways to have a bigger impact without breaking the bank or spending all your free time focused on school. You don't have to be a Pinterest teacher to be a great teacher, and that is what this podcast is all about. So grab your favorite beverage, head out on that walk, or just soak the day away in a bubble bath. But sit back and let's enter the world of teaching made easy. Hey there, educational rock stars. Welcome back to the Teaching Made Easy podcast. Man, is it just me or is January flying by? It seems like just yesterday that we were watching the ball drop on TV and saying goodbye to the disaster that was 2020 and hello to a fresh new start in 2021. But man, January is flying by. So if you are listening to this on the day that this episode uh, drops, it is, I believe, the 16th of January. Man, we are halfway through the month of January already. So I hope that you are in the swing of things and you are getting things back to normal inside your classroom. Now, I want to give a big, huge shout out to my listeners who have, uh, those of you in the community who have been here for a while and have stuck through the different changes here at the podcast. We think we have finally found our our groove here at the podcast and hope, hoping that you gain some insightful knowledge and some great tips and strategies to take back into your classroom to make your teacher life a little easier. And if this is your first time joining me here on, here on the podcast, welcome to the Teaching Made Easy podcast community. We are so excited that you found us. Um, we love to hear from our listeners. So whether you are an old school listener or you are brand new to listening, we would love it if you would drop us an email at support at fairyhenley.com. Let us know what episode you're listening to and let us know what you thought. And if you want to just, you know, completely blow our minds, take a screenshot of you listening to the podcast, you know, on your phone, just take a screenshot of the podcast and, uh, 
then share it out on social media on where you're listening. So if you're out for a walk, take a picture of yourself walking and tag us and let us know you're listening to the podcast on your walk. If you're listening to it while you're cleaning your classroom or your lesson planning or whatever you're doing, just let us know. We want to hear from you. We want to know. Now, I do want to take a moment to acknowledge the state of things uh, here in our country because it is something that is, you know, really, really been in our faces the last couple of days. Um, at the time that I'm actually recording this, we have just um, learned that or they have finally ratified the votes and uh, there will be a shift in uh power on January 20th and uh, some things have happened at our Capitol that are just sad and just make they just completely break my heart that our country has come to a point in in history and this is going to be a point in history that is always going to be um, remembered in history books and regardless of of what your political beliefs um, are or where you stand on all of those issues because we, we want to be very inclusive here at the Teaching Made Easy podcast. We have our beliefs and we do believe things. Some, uh, we do believe certain things that um, may not be for everybody, but, and I'm, and I'm very vocal about those or, I'm, you know, I don't, I don't shy away from, from sharing those um, things when I think I need to. And I think today is one of those times when I think I need to. And honestly, this will be very brief and short, but I think one of the things that we need to take into 2021 is that we just need to be better humans. And I know that sometimes people say that, you know, just be kind or throw kindness around like confetti. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about genuinely being better human beings. You know, I live in a household that is divided and it is not that hard, to be honest with you. It is okay to be friends or even love people who think differently than you or feel differently than you or believe differently than you. And I don't know when in our country we got away from that. Or did we ever really feel, had we ever really become a country where that didn't matter? Um, because I thought we had, I knew that we had issues um, but I'm learning more and more as I as I get outside my bubble and as we travel and I get to see other parts of the country that maybe that's not the case. And I think maybe part of our focus needs to be just being better human beings in general. You know, there's no reason for you to um, hate somebody who believes differently than you. You're not going to win them over with your hate. So the way that you win somebody over is for doing things, you know, you do things nice for them. You you show them what it means to be a good human being. So I think that's something that we need to take into 2021. All right, so I'm going to get off my show, soapbox. <laughs> so if you're still here listening once I got off my soapbox, but um, I, uh, you know, this, this series of podcasts that we're doing right now, we're really diving into math and literacy centers. And last week I shared with you five reasons that you should be using centers if you're not already. And I also shared those for those of you that might be using centers, but you're using them for the wrong reasons. So I, I if you haven't listened to that episode, be sure and go back and listen to that episodes because you'll maybe get, get some, um, get some information and some knowledge as to that, that might help you going into into what we're going to talk about today. Now, today we are going to be talking about math and literacy centers again, but we are going to be coming at it from the perspective of why are your centers not working the way you want them to work? I get this question pretty much 
pretty much daily from either in my Facebook groups or um, on my Instagram or in my uh, email. And it's always, I just don't understand. I've, I've, I'm doing math and literacy centers. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. And it's just not working. I just don't understand why my students can't seem to work in centers. And I, I hear it every, so, so I tell you that because you're not alone. You know, teachers all over are struggling with their math and literacy centers. But just like I say in the opening, you know, we make things harder than they really have to be sometimes. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So um, I'm going to share with you three ways that your um, centers may not be working and how you can fix that. So uh, let's go ahead and dive into step number one. And the first thing is you need to make sure that your learning centers are clear. Now, the first piece of my Easy Centers framework, which you will be able to uh, click a link in the show notes and uh, you'll be able to jump over and check that out. The first plate, the first piece of this framework is that you need to make sure your centers have clarity the the framework for centers starts with students knowing exactly what to expect when it is center time and you know it doesn't matter whether it's math or literacy centers they've got to know exactly what to expect so there are a few things that you can do um, to make sure that your centers have clarity so first of all you can make sure that there are only a few materials in each of your centers so your being minimalistic means that you don't have a whole uh, tote box full of materials that students are going to be using inside that math and literacy centers uh, that that center or that that activity. So all of your materials for your learning centers should be in a small compact box that's easy to store and easy for students to manipulate and move around. One of the things that I like to um, do is make sure that I'm using center activities that only require a few materials. Um, as far as, you know, they're not going to need um, math, for example, math math centers. They're not going to need a bunch of base 10 blocks and a bunch of dice and other things. Don't use... Um, don't use games, board games for your centers because there's too many pieces. It takes too long to set up. There's there's no way they're going to be able to play a board game during a math and literacy center because there's too many pieces to get set up. It, the other thing that you need to do to make sure that your centers have clarity is you need to make sure you're using your centers for review. Now, I talked about this a little bit last week about using centers for review is one of the reasons you should be using them in the first place, but a lot of teachers that I observe aren't using their centers for review. They're actually putting material or, you know, uh, activities into their centers based on what's on the lesson plan that week. And you want to make sure that you've already covered the topics and the skills that you're putting into the math and literacy centers because students are expected to work on these independently. And if they haven't ever been introduced to this uh, information or they haven't don't have some grasp and it's just now practicing it, and I'm not talking about practicing it the day after you introduce it. I'm talking about maybe a week to two weeks later that they're coming back and they're practicing that's going to make sure that your centers have clarity. Now, the second thing in step number two is you need to make sure that you create functional centers. Well, to keep it simple, functionality is one of the most important parts of creating any framework for your centers. Because when students come into the classroom and they're doing those math and literacy centers, they need to know exactly what is expected of them. And the way that your centers function should be purposeful and consistent. For example, when a timer goes off, students should know exactly where to go next to work on the next activity. There should never be a question as to where the students should be or what they should be doing. 
Now, one of the things that I prefer to do is I make sure that my students have um, specific areas of the classroom where they're going to be working and that there is a flow that does not cross any other major areas in the classroom so that when students are, are rotating from center to center they're not having to cross each other they are literally going from station to station around the classroom the other thing that you want to make sure of to keep your functionality is that you make sure all of the the uh, activities or all of the um, materials that they're going to need inside their math and literacy center, make sure it's all there. Make sure they don't have any reason to get up and leave the area with, with, with uh, in which they're working. Now, you're going to want to make sure that you have everything you need from worksheets to manipulatives. And if you're working on digital centers, you're also going to want to make sure that your chargers are available for students. Nothing is more frustrating than being in the middle of math and literacy centers and a device dies because it didn't get plugged in the night before. Make sure you've got chargers available for those students using digital centers. Finally, uh, you always want to have a plan for the unexpected. And this, this definitely falls into under functionality because you know your classroom can be a revolving door of interruptions for example a student might be vomiting or you know they need to run to the bathroom real quick and they're not going to make it who knows what um, you need to have a, an if this plan if something happens in the classroom whether that's a surprise assembly or a fire drill you need to make sure your students know what to do when they are in their centers Keep in mind, your plan should be simple because remember, we're always following that KISS. Keep it stinking simple. It does not have to be elaborate, but you need to have a plan. I like to have plans for some very basic things during my math and literacy centers. One, if a student needs to go to the bathroom. Two, what do they do if they happen to need a supply that I didn't um, already give them? For example, maybe they need to sharpen their pencil. Now, I personally uh, prefer to have extra pencils in the box just in case that happens, but maybe you want to have um, a place where they can go sharpen their pencil. I don't like them getting up and moving around that much during centers, so that is going to be a personal preference. Um, but also, what do they do if um, there is a fire drill? What do they do with regard to centers? You need to have a plan in place. I call this having a plan for common interruptions. And you want to have a plan for everything from the biggest interruption all the way down to the smallest interruption. Make sure you have a plan. Now, step three is consistency because consistency is key for any, any framework or anything that you do in your classroom. The final piece to an easy framework for your centers is consistency. You can't expect students to know what to do if you only do centers here or there every few days. You should run your center rotations every single day, even on days where you know it will be interrupted. A simple two-minute rotation for muscle memory can be incredibly helpful to help make your centers flow in your classroom. This can include getting the materials box or simply moving around the classroom in the format or in the direction that they would be moving if you are running a full day of math and literacy centers. Now, another key ingredient to making sure you have consistency in your centers is making sure that you have your math and literacy centers ready to go. 
You do not want to wait till the night before to create your centers. You also do not want to wait till the Sunday night before the week you're going to be using your centers. You want to make sure that you are you are organizing your centers and having your centers on hand so that you can easily switch them out at the end of the week and get ready for the next week and you're not falling behind. By making sure that you have centers ready to go, you are going to ensure that you're able to maintain that consistency within your center framework. Now, my, again, my favorite way is to make sure that I plan at least a month in advance, at least a month uh, of centers altogether, and that way I can easily switch centers out. I use iris boxes. Um, I have one for every single month for each of the grade levels, and I keep those centers separated so that all I have to do is pull that month's box, and now I have all of my month centers right there at my fingertips. And yes, I will use a center more than once during the month. I will switch those out each week, but they are there, they are ready to go, and I don't have to worry about the planning of those centers because they're already there. The only thing I might have to do is add an additional center here or there, specifically if my students need something specific to work on that particular week. But having your centers ready is going to go so far with making sure you maintain consistency when running math and literacy centers in your classroom. Having your center materials ready for the year can make uh, switching out your centers easy, especially if you're in the middle of center rotations and something didn't last as long as you wanted it to, or if you find you need to review a bit more of something before moving on to a new concept. So making sure your centers have a home and they are in a central place where you can easily grab them is going to be key. Now, if you're looking for math and literacy center activities for your classroom that are going to keep it stinking simple and save you time in planning that are going to be clear, they're going to be functional, and they are going to be consistent, then I invite you to jump over to the link in my show notes and check out our shop. You can check out our K-5 Math and Literacy Center bundles, and we also have them digitally for K-4, but go ahead and check those out. Now, centers have so many benefits in your classroom, and if you keep it stinking simple, you can make your centers run like clockwork. Making sure you have clarity, functionality, and consistency will ensure that your students are getting the most out of your math and literacy center time. And that's a wrap. Thanks for listening to today's episode. You can find all the links mentioned in today's episode by clicking the link in the description to jump over to the show notes. I know your time is valuable as a teacher, and I am honored that you chose to spend a piece of it with me. Help other teachers like you find the podcast by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast listening platform. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so that you get notified when new episodes are available. Thanks again for listening, and most importantly, keep being educational rock stars.